Welcome to Before the Business, a podcast dedicated to telling the origin stories of entrepreneurs. My name is Craig Swiston. Aline Nelbandian has always been drawn to how other cultures express their identity. That might be because she grew up in Toronto, Ontario, one of the most diverse cities in North America. Later in life, as she began to travel with her family, she fell in love with Colombia. As a way to remember her trip, she bought a mochila bag at a local market and returned to Canada. In Canada, she would be stopped on the street asking where she had purchased her amazing handmade bag. This was the spark that eventually grew into Aline Wayu Love. Please join me in welcoming Aline Nelbandian. Hi Aline, thank you so much for doing this. In the introduction, we mentioned a trip to Colombia and your purchase of a mochila bag. What was it about that first bag that caught your attention and really became the spark for your business? The traditional mochilas were very colorful. Like imagine they're in the desert where everything is brown and there's no color and they weave these like bright yellow, uh, you know, pink, orange bags. And I was initially drawn to that. So that was my initial bag. And that was the bag that I would wear around Toronto and people would stop me and ask me about that bag. That was you know, what started it all. And since then, uh, you know, I bring lots of different palettes. I've got the blues are very popular. The neutral palettes are very popular. The black and whites are very popular. But that colorful bag is always the one that excites me and um, draws people in. So for someone like me, can you maybe describe what is a mochila bag and maybe have a little bit about the, the manufacturing process? So each mochila bag is unique, handwoven by one lady. Um, the yarn that they use is an acrylic yarn that is pre-dyed. So they buy these yarns from different markets, come up with their color scheme and their pattern that they're going to do. And they just sit there and it starts with one little hole at the bottom of the bag. And it's in a circular motion, knot by knot. They weave this bag from the ground up. It takes about two to three weeks for one mochila bag to be made. Um, I also carry these larger tote bags, which are very hard to get because they actually take two to three months to make. So, I mean, people here love those tote bags and they're super hard for me to get. I ask for them. Like now I have partnerships with communities where I can actually uh, let them know that I'm coming in two months. Let them know that I'm coming in three months and I'm going to want a lot of these tote bags and I'm going to want some of these color schemes. Uh, so they try and get that ready ahead of time for me. So as I understand it, the YU are an indigenous population living in the far northern parts of Colombia. How does somebody like you coming from Canada start interacting with and doing business with, with the YU people? Yeah, I'm definitely very lucky that I was invited to visit these communities it was mostly done because I made connections with people who were friends with them. You know, I have a friend in Medellin who told me that he had a cousin who had a friend who was a YU, Rosa. I, I think they also learned about my intention to really just come and learn from them, learn about them, and to hopefully be able to buy some of their bags and sell them here. I think that made them excited to meet me. So they, I was invited into their communities. Another key factor was that when I was there, I met a local photographer who lived in that area, Ivan Sanchez. And I wanted to be able to share these stories. I wanted to be able to document the stories and what I'm learning and what I'm seeing. So it was really important for me to find a local photographer there to help me do that. He ended up being instrumental in introducing me to new communities. So tell me about the YU people. Yeah, the YU people are a very strong, resilient people. They live a very simple life. They don't have um, all of the technological advances that we have, the material possessions that we take for granted. I mean, if you see their village, it's very basic. They've got a hut with hammocks to sleep in, but they work hard. Um, they value community. They value tradition. They value fam uh, family. And they find joy in the simple things in life, in nature and in working together 
And to me, that is just so inspiring and beautiful. When I go there and I witness this, I'm just, you know, so in awe that they're able to to keep up these traditions and this way of life and find joy in these in this simple way of living. So different from how we live. But there's a lot we can learn from them. How has your partnership with the YU people developed and evolved over time? Well, it, initially, it started with just an idea that I wanted to, I, I really wanted to meet them and learn about them and learn about this craft, this mochila. And it has evolved from there And that I think that we've even managed to share information. They've learned a little bit about, for me, they love to see how the bags are brought to Canada and that people here love their product, love their love to learn about their culture. That means a lot to them because they almost feel like they're forgotten up in the desert, you know, and they feel that they're, I mean, in, in Colombia, you know, their bags are normally sold to middlemen, to the markets, and they don't get the full value for that craft. But I go to the desert and I pay above market value for their bags. And so they feel valued. They feel seen. They feel that the this art, this tradition is being valued by us. And that's super important to them. You've described your business as being a bit of a social enterprise and having social impact and the way that you're helping the Indigenous people of Colombia. Can you maybe shine some light on that? How much of your business thinking goes into building the business versus you know, making a positive impact on the community? Well, the, the business-driven part is that I need to be able to sell bags so that I can go back and do what I do. If I, if I, if I don't sell bags, then I can't go back to the villages and buy more bags from them. I mean, I've made a commitment to give back 20% of my proceeds to them. I can't do that if I'm not making any proceeds. So that's, that's the uh, business motivator behind it. My business model will never be strictly business motivated. Like since starting this business, and it was super easy initially to come back with 150 bags and everybody was super excited. And, you know, all my friends and their friends brought bags. Um, but then the second time I go, the third time I go, now what? Like, I've got to really find a way to move these bags. And that's why I'm so fortunate that I've got some great retailers that have partnered with me, you know, and I've got a little pop up in distillery right now where I'm selling bags. Like, I've got to find different ways to actually make this business work, to make it sustainable so that I can keep going back to Colombia and keep supporting these communities through the purchase of their bags, through learning more about them, through selling their, uh, telling their story here in Canada. Earlier, you described how the YU people weave these intricate patterns into these gorgeous bags. Can you maybe give some insight? Are these patterns that are passed down from generation to generation? Is this an artistic endeavor? Like how, where does the inspiration from the weavers come from? Well, as soon as people started to give me compliments on the bags and I had this idea like, oh my gosh, imagine if I could sell these bags here. Everybody loves these bags. So right away, I started to Google what is a mochila bag. And right away, I saw all the information about the indigenous people who make the bag and what the bag represents and that, um, you know, it's, a, and it's an art. It's literally an art. When you buy a mochila, you're buying a piece of art. And it is a craft that is passed on from generation to generation. And the women who make these bags, I mean, they're artists. They are brilliant. They are creative. Um, to be able to weave these bags with these patterns, just sitting there with with no guide, no book. <laughs> you know, when you knit here in Canada, there's always a pattern to follow. They don't have that. It's just coming from from their mind, from their heart. From It's their story that they're just weaving. So I've asked the ladies, you know, how do you come up with these patterns? Where do these, how do you know about all these patterns? And so there are hundreds of patterns that they learn uh, when they are taught the art of weaving. So when a girl first gets her period between the ages of 10 to 12, she is taught by the elders in her community, by her abuelas, her grandmother, her mother, um, how to weave, but also all the different 
pattern variations and each pattern means something special to them. So it either represents an animal or the stars or the constellations or uh, some eventful meaning that has happened in their life. Yeah, they just learn all these patterns and they just come naturally to them. They've told me that they dream about uh, the next bag that they're going to, they dream about which colors they're going to use and uh, which motif or pattern has inspired this next bag that they want to weave. And it's all very personal. Like they tell their stories through these bags. How does somebody who's not able to make it out to your, one of your pop-ups or to one of the vendors where they could see one of these one-of-a-kind Machila bags in person, how do you recommend they shop for a bag? Uh, well, the best way right now to find out more about the bags and the people to be able to purchase a bag is through my Instagram. I'm really using my Instagram right now at Aileen Why You Love. Um, and I'm hoping to launch an online shop through the Instagram. Right now, I do have a website that tells the story really nicely. And there are a couple of bags available for purchase through Shopify on my website. So I really need to focus and grow that part of it. So the website is aleneyulove.com. That's A-L-I-N-E-W-A-Y-U-U-L-O-V-E.com. And on Instagram, aleneyulove. Because each bag is one of a kind, do you consult with people and help them find the bag that's perfect for them? I spend a lot of time making these connections on Instagram. I can spend easily an hour messaging back and forth with somebody on Instagram where they ask to see the bags and, you know, I take a little video of the bags and they're like, oh, can you pause? Oh, can you show me the one on the right again? Can you show me the bottom of that one again? So, I mean, uh, it's just me doing it all. And I, I mean, I love meeting people and talking to people and telling these stories. And so, I mean, that's a huge motivator for me that's a huge reason of why I do this as well. So I enjoy, I enjoy those interactions. I love people when they fall in love with the bag and they get really excited about the bag and they want to see the bag. That's exciting for me. I love it. Sometimes the journey of an entrepreneur is a lonely one. Are there people around you who supported you as you've embarked on this journey? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, definitely the support of my family and friends and the encouragement that I've received here back home has enabled me to do this. You know, nobody here has stopped me and said, this is crazy. You're not going. We're not, we're not here for this. So no, I'm very fortunate that I've been supported here, but also my friends in Colombia, the friends that I had and the friends that I've made along the way. Uh, for instance, you know, my friend Mateo Medellin, who introduced me to his cousin Pablo. None of this would have been possible if I hadn't presented this idea to Mateo and he didn't think of his cousin Pablo. If Pablo didn't, you know, introduce me to his friend Rosa, who took me to her community. And my photographer, who's become a dear friend, Ivan Sanchez, is now, you know, um, taking me to, he, he's the one introducing me to new communities, helping me establish these partnerships with new communities. So definitely the friends I've made in Colombia have helped me along the way for sure. Sounds like you've got a great support network. What would you tell somebody else who's got the spark or the kernel of an idea that they want to do something that's different? What's your advice to them? Don't be afraid to take a risk. If you have a gut feeling or an inspiration or a passion that, um, you know, is feeding your soul and you, you see a possibility for you, take the risk, try it. I mean, it may not work out, but what if it does? How do you deal with the part in every entrepreneur's journey where things aren't working out, things aren't going well, and you, you have those questions that, that sneak into your mind and say, you know, am I really doing the right thing? How do you deal with that? When I sometimes felt overwhelmed or when the expenses started to add up and now I've realized like, wow, I've really invested a lot of money in this. Am I going to be able to move these bags? Oh my God, I've got all these meetings. I've got all this stress. Why am I doing this? And then I remember why I remember the people that I'm helping. I remember that they're actually counting on me right now. So what's next for you? 
What's next is to see if there's um, some more communities, like I mentioned, these communities in the north that I want to get to know, um, more remote communities, what more we can learn from them, what other ancestral knowledge that we can you know, learn from and bring here and share with everybody here. There's a new project that um, we're looking at where it's even further north where I normally go. And there's about seven communities there that are all kind of uh, joined together. So I went to visit the school of that community. And actually what was interesting was that um, I was told that the school we were going to visit has about 150 kids registered at that school. And when we got there, there was 30, maybe 40 kids. But then I asked one of the teachers, I thought there was going to be 150 kids here. Why is there just 30 or 40 kids? And they told me, well, these kids come from villages that they need to walk, you know, two, three, four, five kilometers to get to the school. And a lot of them don't have shoes or they don't have clothes to make the trek to school. And so they can't come to school. So actually one of the next big projects that I want to do is to raise some money to buy shoes for all of the kids in this community. So we already did that. The last trip that I was at, there was another school that was 150 kids and we bought a pair of shoes for a brand new pair of shoes for each of the children there. And so now I want to repeat that project for this school far in the North. So what's it going to take for you to accomplish that? To make sure that I can build a business that stays true to my passion and my purpose, but that is sustainable. You know, that I can keep finding a way to bring these bags here and sell them. Because if I can't sell these bags here, I can't go back and do what it is that I want to do. So I have to find a way to make sure that I'm telling these stories properly. I'm also learning more about what their needs are and you know, finding a better targeted way to help. So that's, that's really inspiring for me as well. So I'll give you the last word. Is there anything you'd like to say to round out the story? Anything that we've missed? I think what people love about working with me and buying these bags is that they know that when they buy this bag, first of all, it is a piece of art that has been handmade by a woman or a girl sitting in a desert. And secondly, they know that this is going to go back and support that community. And people just feel really good about that. And I feel good about that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you. If you like listening to the origin stories of entrepreneurs, please continue to rate, review, and share the podcast with your family and friends. For more origin stories, check out the full collection at beforethebusiness.com.